Hi everyone, welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. My name is Ton Dobbe and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration and the author of The Remarkable Effect. I'm creating a tribe of tech entrepreneurs that are on a mission to do something big and meaningful. I invite you to join the tribe as well, especially if you want to create change that matters and put your software business on momentum that you're proud of. The goal that I have with this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The guest of my podcast this week is Alessandra Knight, co-founder and CEO of Catch. Our life is spontaneous, like train of events. We never know how the next hour and whatnot will be scheduled. And I think really creating a product to work hand in hand with spontaneity and being able to have these conversations ad hoc when you're in that right headspace to connect with someone is important. Being able to focus on what's most important in the moment, being more productive and still having time to do what matters most. This is Alessandra. She studied anthropology and has always had a passion for learning about different people and cultures. She values people first thinking, and this landed her at DOS, a mobile game studio where she quickly moved up an operation lead slash strategic advisor role for the executive team. Her role was geared towards optimizing time for herself and her colleagues. Soon she started seeing how hard true uninterrupted focus time has to come by. And this sparked a project within DOTS to search for a way to give the team more time to do work and less time in meetings. And this became the big idea behind Catch. Catch is on a mission to create a world where people make the time to connect with who they want, on topics that matter, and at times that works best for them. It's giving all of us the ability to live our lives versus being controlled by our calendars. And that inspired me, and hence I invited Alessandra to my podcast. We explore what's broken in the way we manage our time or have our time managed for us and how that erodes the impact we can make. The traditional ways to manage calendars is flawed since it doesn't take our mindset, energy levels and priorities into account. Alessandra shares the big idea behind her company and how she'll use technology to give us back uninterrupted focus. She also shares some of her big lessons learned building her SaaS business and what is important to succeed beyond having a remarkable solution. By listening to this podcast, you will learn four things. Firstly, that it's very possible to disrupt a market that's been around for decades and is dominated by extremely large tech giants. Secondly, our passion for the product is not enough. The passion needs to be about how the product helps impact the life of others. Thirdly, that we always try and move forward in our paths but sometimes we have to move laterally to get where we need going, and that's okay. And lastly, my openness, passion, and diversity are key ingredients to create a SaaS business that's able to create remarkable momentum. So hi, Alessandra. Thank you for making the time available today and being a guest on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. It's the same on my end. I actually invited you for this because I saw something in your company catch that, that triggered me and inspired me. And that's normally when I reach out to people and say, hey, let's talk about the big idea and what happens from there. Before we start talking about your company, 
a little bit about you. If you would have to describe yourself in two or three words as an entrepreneur, what words would you use? I'd say, good question. I'd say dedicated, really driven and driven and passionate about projects that I love and really feel are needed out there for us. So. Yeah, that was clearly what I saw. So yeah, the bridge question. So what is your passion? What drives you? I love helping people. My In my career, I, I got started actually as an executive assistant at a mobile game company called Dots. I did quickly scale into operations lead and strategic advisor positions, but my role at the company was really to help the executive team be as productive and efficient as possible, as well as encouraging my teammates and colleagues at the company to be as efficient and get as much done as possible. One element of that was really to assist people in optimizing their time. Another ways that I've really assisted kind of team members grow is by in a people operations and learning and development capacity and making sure people had clear paths moving forward in their careers. And that's just in my work career life. And on, in the, on the outside of work, I really enjoy volunteering and helping where I can and using my capabilities to assist where I can. So That's noble. And I love the drive and that mindset. So talking about your company, Catch, what's the big idea behind it? Like, what did you see when you were still maybe in your, in your original job that was crying for a solution that needed to be fixed? Absolutely. So time's been a pain point, I think, for everyone. And for me, over the past few years, just being, I think, in various different roles, assisting leadership manage their time, optimizing their time to do what's most important in the moment. As I've grown in my career, optimizing my time, trying to prioritize what's most important in the moment and continuing to kind of work and strategize and prioritizing how your week or month will kind of be set up. And that's how the seed of Catch was planted years ago. I've been in back and forth in conversations with colleagues, with one of my current co-founders, Paul Murphy, in talking about, okay, how can we optimize time for ourselves? How are you seeing other people struggle with time? And then the pandemic hits, and we've just been in contact over the past few years. And this past December, he mentioned he was going to be transitioning into another role. And he had some free time and was like, what if we start thinking more about this problem that we've people have experienced and how we can solve it. And that's yeah. really where Catch got going. We yeah. fund, started fundraising uh, this year and have been able to scale our team. But really, I think the pandemic really pushed us forward. Before the pandemic, we sure. noticed our meetings and schedules were kind of inundated with meetings. And that problem only got worse. I think for many sitting on their computer in back-to-back meetings, I know that that's definitely been a pain point for me. Some of these meetings could have been phone emails, other meetings. It's like something comes up, blows up your entire calendar and you're just like, shoot, okay, I need to handle this priority at the moment. And then some conversations, they just aren't a priority at the moment. And there's other things that I would rather be doing. Or when you're trying to navigate personal life, and work at the same time how do these align how do these parallel because at the end of the day you're working and you have a personal life so you need to find a way for these to be balanced yeah yeah we're on a mission to blow up the calendar love that starting with all the rigid (laughs) scheduled one-to-one meetings i mean so recognizable i mean i've been in the corporate world myself and how you're just planned by others 
where you have to be in this meeting and that meeting and that meeting. And sometimes it's not even clear like why or what you're going to do there. And I mean, kudos. So <laughs> make this happen. <laughs> I know. We're working on it. Exactly. Well, that's why I was like, I have to have you on, on, the, on, the, on the podcast. Because you saw what I see at the end, you're starting from the other way around. It's like really from the priority and then like being, being a master of your own time. And then he like helps you find the time to connect with the right people at the right time for you and for them. Yeah, that's interesting. And the technology is at the end there these days. So why not utilize it? So what do you believe is the opportunity if the world starts to adopt the catch approach? Opportunity. I mean, opportunity is endless here. There's so many ways where we can optimize our time. But starting with these one-on-one meetings, I mean, a goal, this could be just a really broad goal. But if 50% of our meetings could happen ad hoc, these conversations could happen when you're in that right headspace, when the other person's in the right headspace to connect. Or maybe you are on the move and you're headed out of town and you don't want to have that scheduled meeting on your calendar because you don't know where you'll be in the car or maybe like if your kids will be acting up or being super loud, you may not have that time to focus on a conversation, but our life is spontaneous, like train of events. We never know how the next hour and whatnot will be scheduled. And I think really creating a product to work hand in hand with spontaneity and being able to have these conversations ad hoc when you're in that right headspace to connect with someone is important. Obviously, there are meetings that need to happen at a specific place in time. Maybe they have multiple different people who are involved. I understand the pain point around scheduling across 10 different calendars. But if we focus on the individual conversations, I think that's definitely a really, this is a great place for us to start and moving our, this initiative forward and being able to focus on what's most important in the moment, being more productive and still having time to do what matters most. Maybe that is having a conversation with someone. Maybe it's, no, it's maybe the other way around. Or maybe it's, like it's focusing on headspace. Heads, maybe it's focusing on whatever this project that you're working on at work. So then you can leave at 5 p.m. to be home for dinner. Or maybe it's going to that yoga class or cooking that really healthy lunch that you've been trying to get in this in your schedule at 12 o'clock on the dot. But for some reason, you're always ending up having ordering lunch last minute at 3 p.m. So leaving room for what's most important. So recognizable. <laughs> So you were talking already about sort of the aha moment or the, the moment where it sparked. So talking about that, that whole journey, I mean, first of all, you're, you're doing something around the calendar and you're then obviously directly going towards the giants, the outlooks, the Google calendar, the <laughs> all of those things that everybody seems to be using, of course. And I mean, I'm using them myself. What I'm always interested in is like, what did you do different? How do you go about it from a technical perspective to end up with something that that stands out? We want to create a product that helps people reclaim their time. We are all so familiar with the calendars, with these blocks of time that are eating up our lives. And we have no control over many of the meetings that are put on our calendar. And we want to give people that sense of control back that freedom back to their lives. When you look at your calendar, it shouldn't be a feeling of anxiety or stress. You should look at it and be like, okay, this is this is what I have going on for today. This is where I have open time. This is where I have focused time. I'm one of these people. I've looked at calendars, my calendar. There've been times where it's super filled and busy and that creates just unnecessary anxiety. And there are, I think, really great products out there that are helping people 
with their productivity, but are ultimately adding more calendar blocks of time to your calendar. And we want to remove that from your calendar. We want this space to be actually open and free. And Google Calendar, Outlook, all of these different tools have helped us, I think, organize our lives into these time windows. So nine to five or 10 to 6 p.m., whatever it is, how people kind of operate. But the reality is we have all of this time. There are essentially 24 hours in the day. Nine to five doesn't work for every single person. We've seen it, I think, over COVID and over in quarantine. We've been able to kind of flex our schedules and our time to work, make it work best for you. Some people, I think, yes, we can all sit in front of a computer from nine to five, but am I more efficient in the morning or in the evening? The work. So how do you go about it conceptually then? How does it start? For example, if I look at my agenda, I mean, the the things where I want to have my free time, I'm just blocking things so that others cannot, cannot book it. But could be a for example. I mean, how does the system know when you are at at the best cre- for your creativity or when you are at the best to kind of do problem solving these type of things? Got it. So right now that is manual. So you have to set yourself to available when you want to connect with people. But we have, I think, great. We have great plans. I think for the future to implement various APIs to allow for these integrations to be more automated and to be able to kind of work simultaneously with your calendar and whatever tools you are using to track time. Yeah, because I mean, at the end, you know, there's other systems. If you look at, for example, internal, I mean, the system just looks for open slots and then it books something or or the the executive assistants were doing something like that. Right. I mean, I definitely did this. I'd block, what was it? I think I blocked like nine to 12 off. No one could have meetings. I did that for myself, did that for colleagues to really help optimize their time, even went so far to cancel all meetings Fridays and the only meetings that could happen would be ad hoc. And so taking, I think, some of these behaviors and what we've utilized in the past and being able to figure out ways to implement them and how our users will react and adapt to them, that's all in the research that we're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. So let me see. What has been a decision in the past year that has been really important for for where you are right now on the product journey? So I think really what's been key is being able to create a product that has simple, efficient adaptivity. So when people jump into the app, we we want it to be as kind of zero cognitive load as much as possible. We don't need a product that takes people, I don't know, 20, 20 different tries to get to the final end stage. This is a product to help people save time, help people optimize their time. And we really want to make sure that we're le- when we, as we create this product, this is something that we're leading with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I can completely understand the usability side of things. I used to work for a company called Unit 4, and we were doing something like time tracking. It was an, mm. an aspect of the whole enterprise suite, for example, expense tracking. And the best way at the end to do that was to take it almost away from people. Let AI have a, let have a conversation with, with an AI and then plan from there. And I can imagine that this is something going to be something like that as well. Yeah, where you use technology to make decisions almost for you. So in terms of yeah, the whole feedback loop, I mean, I wrote a book about what I call the remarkable effect. It's a book about the 10 traits that define a remarkable software company. And I mean, I really like your customer focus approach whereby you really kind of wait and be patient with your product launch until you got it right. Mm-hmm. And what has been the biggest lessons learned from that journey in the customer feedback? 
people are really excited about a product that can help them optimize their time. There's been, I think, a huge amount of excitement around the product, around people joining the waitlist. But what we've learned from user feedback, I mean, one thing is that people are really skeptical actually about importing their contacts into a platform. I think there's been a couple of apps out there. I'd I have so many apps on my phone that I can't even kind of remember like which apps these would be, but so many apps do ask for access to your contacts. And for this product to work, we do need people to be able to have access. We need the product needs to access your contacts to see who else is on the platform so you can connect with them. Catch is a product that both parties need to be in the app for it to work. And so we need, we're working on UI, UX, and ways that we can, I think, allow people to feel comfortable when they go into the product and feel that this isn't, we're not going to blast all your contacts with kind of random messages. And I think that's a really important, I think, step in our journey, as well as we really want people to, to go into the product, you either send a catch to a colleague that you want to connect with, that person prioritizes this conversation and then you connect when you're, when you, you set, you both set yourselves to available or someone sets themselves to available and you're able to connect with them in the product. It's as simple as that. And you have this conversation. You don't need to worry about people not being like answering the phone and being like, Hey, I'm not available right now or ignoring your call or you like that. I think anxious feeling sometimes we get when we call people and it's like, am I distracting them or disturbing them from something that they're focusing on? So I think that's, it brings back, I think a little bit of the old days of being able to call people on a, like a regular house phone and the excitement of someone answering without that excitement or kind of stress of being worried of, is this person going to be busy doing something else? Or do they have the time to connect with me? They've accepted that they're going to be, they've accepted the request to connect. Let me make a small interruption here. Alessandra just made an excellent remark about the concept that enables them to create a shift in value for our customers by turning the whole mantra of how we manage our agenda and time on its head. The focus is on how we can create flow and make the biggest possible impact and leave the other stuff for another moment when you got the right mindset, energy level or mood. It's a trait remarkable software companies master. They start with understanding what's broken and then engineer their way back to remove the hurdles that are the cause of that. And with that, they change the way things are done. Simplify it and create something that we actually would miss if it were gone. You can master these traits as well. I've got various options for you to start. Firstly, just go to valueinspiration.com to learn about the masterminds and the work streams to put the fundamental building blocks in place to fast track the growth of your software business. Secondly, as you dare anyway, Don't forget to grab the free Kindle version of my book, The Remarkable Effect, to start sparking new inspirations in the next 30 minutes. Back to the interview. It's almost serendipity. Like, okay, I'm available right now. What's coming up? Exactly. (laughs) There's the excitement when you set yourself to available. Who's going to connect with me now? Um, Exactly. Who can I reach out to? And you don't need to text a bunch of people being like, hey, I'm free now. Are you free? And then kind of that weird miss kind of misconnection in a text message you can really connect with the person immediately in the moment and do you see by the way from the test that you've been doing so far that people are up to a process or to a concept like this because a lot of people just want to control you know many they want, people they want, want to have control. it in their agenda otherwise it won't happen and 
That is true. And there's all, there is this element of, what do you call it? Perception of someone's time is more important than your own or your time is more important than someone else's. And we play with that in addition to kind of the idea of prioritizing whether or not we want to admit it. Like when you receive a request over email to connect with someone, how are you prioritizing that in your mind? Like, are you going to set time available end of the day, sometime during the week, next week, a month from now? And I think we, yeah, it's this, the control that we want, this product yeah. catch will give you, the user individually, the control to connect with people when you want, when it works best for you. It also gives that other person, the other user control to connect with who they want and when it works best for them, giving both users the sense of control, the sense of freedom and sense of being able to prioritize and doing what matters in the moment for them. I'm really looking forward to see what that experience is going to be about. So what has been the hardest not to crack in this in this process? Has it been around technology or is it more about the, yeah, like you're saying, the user trust, user perception? Well, I'd say so... We're encouraging people to tap into a behavior that they have kind of, I think it's dormant. I wouldn't say it's a new behavior because we do call people serendipitously, spontaneously out of the blue and they, you do pick up the phone and you, sometimes you have a really great conversation with someone because you're in that right headspace and this person who picks up the phone is also in the right headspace and they're like, wow, that was a really productive conversation. We don't need to have a follow-up or something. There's that one, that's that token and we're encouraging people to utilize this behavior more frequently in how they're moving through life. And as we navigate this hybrid normal where we are combining both our personal and work life for many people in the same space, for those people who are going back to the office, navigating how to navigate in a hybrid world where you are, I think yourself is now a priority. You're loved ones are also a priority. How do you manage both of that? I think many businesses are being open to remote work or kind of a hybrid. And so figuring out how that can work for you and how this works for teams, this is definitely keeping this in mind and this behavior, I think will be a powerful one as companies and people start to adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you also started at a great moment because if you would have started this product to develop it in the time prior to COVID, where everybody was in the office, you get these this, this things like the coffee machine and just walking, walking past and just interrupting people. And now everybody's away. So you really start with a mindset or with a concept that, yeah, everybody is away. So how do we organize this? Exactly. Have there been any surprising byproducts that came from the research or from the development that, that you didn't think about that now end up to be maybe even a differentiating feature of the product? Not just yet. I'm really okay. looking forward to all the, I think we have a lot of, in our brainstorms, we've had some visions that we've planned for the roadmap for later on, which we're, I'm really excited about. I'm not going to share them on here just yet, but I think also user feedback. When we start talking to more and more people, understanding what they want to be implemented in the product, I think that'll also give us a really great idea of, how people are adapting to the behavior and what integrations or cool features they're looking to see. But I have some in my back pocket for the meantime. <laughs> okay. Well, what it sounds like to me is that it starts to work best when there's more people on the platform. Mm -hmm. so the network effect almost. And the, the more people are that are there, then of course it's that trust thing and that the mindset approach, yeah, like solves itself. 
how are you going to achieve that in a world where they're still dominated by yeah, the, the Googles, the Microsofts, and the Apples of this world with calendar platforms? <laughs> well, so many people are out there looking for new products and platforms to help them with their calendars, help them with their time, with their productivity, name it. I mean, how many email services out are out there and now superhuman exists and people love that. So I think where there's a demand there, people will find the product that fits well for them. And I, and we feel that the market that we are targeting and would like to kind of, yeah, we feel that there is a demand for it. People are tired of these back-to-back meetings and not having yeah, time I, to do what matters most, even getting that no, drink yeah, of water I, between I meetings. So, no, I agree. Yeah. And it's also, it starts with one, then it's two, and then it's 10. So, exactly. And then when it really kicks in, it, you, you get your, your oil spill that house it goes around the world. Yes. So who knows in two, three years' time? It can go fast. Mm-hmm. So let me see. Like I said, I wrote my book, The Remarkable Effect. It describes the 10 traits that define a remarkable software business. You're coming from a completely different angle, being executive assistant, coming up with like your biggest pain possibly for yourself to solve, and then kind of having the guts and the, yeah, the stamina to start your own business. So what do you believe is a trait that a company needs to have to create something that people keep talking about? So I've worked at quite a few startups, and I think... A trait that I've valued, I think, in my role as an employee at various companies is the like openness and I think passion that many of the employees, if not all the employees have for the product they're working on. And I think the diversity of thought that brings people together that can really cultivate and grow this product that can become a global product. I think there is so much People bring so much to the the table. And when you have people who are extremely driven and passionate about what they're working on, it's, I think, a perfect recipe for success because some of the people are not, I wouldn't say maybe not equally as passionate as the founders, but almost as passionate about wanting to this product to succeed and wanting to see this product move forward and help impact lives of others. And they're equally as excited about the little wins and achievements that you see at the company. Good words. I mean, these are things that I see a lot of as well. And yeah, they are absolute key ingredients for a company to take things to the next level and have the grit to to stay there on something that the world hasn't seen before, which is typically what I what I actually also see in the, in the company that you're building. It's completely different from what we're used to. So what are you most proud of achieving so far? Catch or in yeah. general? Okay, I catch. I mean, I'm really proud of our team that we've been able to pull together. I honestly like hats to them for I think where we are product wise and their I think dedication to the product. I think both me and our co-founders are really impressed and love what what they've been putting together and how well that they've been collaborating together with such a small team. So yeah, yeah I mean to get things off the ground in the first start and the and the passion, uh, I think there's an element of trust that they have to have in us as well. True. So I think that's also equally as important. So we trust them to really help create the vision, like bring the vision to life. And I think they trust us in that we're, we're going to help them lead them in the right direction forward to really create a successful product out there in the world. So, so what do you believe is most important here? Is it the vision or is it the leadership? Where's trust really coming from? 
what's I think very important is having a North Star that people can focus on when you have to pivot and really knowing that, okay, we're still on track and we're still focusing on this was the ultimate goal, optimizing people's time. I think that helps a lot, keeping people on track. But I, I think communication is probably the utmost, most important thing to a successful team, especially remote at We Are Globally yeah. Distributed. And so making sure that there's open communication across teams and utilizing the tools right now that we have to facilitate that communication. And internally, we do use catch, but <laughs> of course. exactly. So yeah, communication, having a North Star, I think are really yeah. key tools. And- did, did you have already situations where you had to pivot? Because I mean, of course, you think like it's going, we're going there and it's a straight line, and but there's always kind of, yeah, hurdles on the way that that's, yeah, almost put you into a dead end road. And then you have to, of course, course correct. Any examples would, of that? I don't think so. I think we haven't, I mean, a straight path forward, who's ever on a straight path sure. towards their North Star, as you're saying, but I think it's, you're trying different things and kind of you reassess with when you actually see it in the product and you just kind of make adjustments almost, but we haven't had kind of a whole 180, 360 type, <laughs> okay. type pivot yet. So, but I agree with you on the North Star side. It's like, that's, that's the problem. It's, the North Star is about the problem and the problem mm-hmm. remains. It's just how you go there. It's, it's maybe a different route, and that's the technology side, of course. And it will always keep changing because in two years time, there will be new technology available that we say, hey, if we know, if you'd known about that before, we would have done it in a different way. So from the lessons learned, being an entrepreneur right now and the tidbits of wisdom that you've gained over time, what would you advise or to what, as a do or as a don't to other people that aspire to be a tech entrepreneur or actually want to level up? Um, I think to follow that dream and passion, really connect with as many people as possible. I think there's so much you can learn from other people and their journeys. And I think being open to having conversations with people whether or not they can, I think, like help you move forward in the journey, they can really, I think, give you great insight on how to move, how to help your build your career, how to maybe connecting you to someone else who might be able to help you in this journey. Yeah, always be open to learning and trying new things. And I think there are definitely probably like stepping, I think we all want to always try and move forward in our paths, but sometimes you do have to move laterally to get to where you're going. And I think that's okay. I think we've seen it in so many different, I think, really successful people out there. So just being comfortable and it's like trusting that you're making the right decision to get to where you need to go. So, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So what is next? What is the biggest aspiration for the next, well, let's let's keep it short time, six (laughs) to 12 months. (laughs) Hiring, (laughs) that's hiring and getting our open beta out there. So those are probably the two biggest things as we i think gear up to a series a but those are our focus that's our yeah milestones yeah i mean it's i would have those those priorities as well and of course like i normally have people on the podcast that have already product market fit and are in the skill (laughs) phase i I mean i was so impressed with the completely different approach that you're taking on on the market here and how to approach kind of managing your time because the normal thing is put it in there you know, mm-hmm. and let your let like let your agenda be be ruled all over by others, and you're taking a completely yeah. Well, talking about the 180, 180 different approach here that could be the solution to the things that we've always been hoping for. That's why I wanted to share this story. So, 
if you could ask the audience for help, what would be your big ask? If there's any ask, by the way. I mean, there's always an ask because we're always looking to learn, I guess. And not, not in like from a negative perspective, but like mistakes that people have seen along the way, whether or not they're common, I guess if they were to go back and do something again, how would they do it differently? How do they think that would have affected the business? I think just being at such an early stage where we are, I think there is so much to learn and obviously there will be hurdles that we, we navigate. But I think from kind of people that I talk to, so many investors and I think former founders are like, these are some of the things that we've made mistakes on. And I think so many people have made these mistakes. And so it's just like, okay, how can we avoid this? How can we make sure that we're laying the groundwork to make sure that we aren't going to run into the same, same situation? But Great question. That's the most relevant question you could possibly ask in the states where you're at, where you're at right now, and likely also going forward because there's always a new stage. <laughs> right. Well, this was fascinating to talk to you. I'm glad we could share the big idea behind Catch. I really hope this is coming alive soon because I think the world is waiting for something as fresh as your building that relieves from the, from the agenda trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, kudos for what you're building right now. Good luck on the launch, and. Yeah, thanks for for being open about where you were taking the company and what you've learned along the way. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was a great conversation. Really appreciate it. And this ends my conversation with Alessandra. I hope you enjoyed it. And if so, please leave a review on iTunes. And if it inspired you, please share it with other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that you have in your network. Other than that, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Alessandra Knight, co-founder and CEO of Catch. As said, the goal that I have in this podcast is twofold. Firstly, to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. And secondly, share experiences from tech entrepreneurs like you about what is required to create a remarkable software business and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Before I close, I have two more comments to make. If you know other tech entrepreneurs on a mission that have a story worth sharing, please send me an email at ton.dobby at valueinspiration.com. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas. And that starts with you. And if you want to know more about my book or you're interested in joining the Remarkable Effect tribe, please visit my website at www.valueinspiration.com. Thanks for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast on iTunes or provide me with your feedback directly. I'll see you shortly on a new episode. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.